I was at work yesterday mm-hmm. and I hadn't brushed my hair for a month. And I Yeah, had... I don't like can you explain why you hadn't brushed your hair for a month because I'm still confused on that. Uh because it, I just didn't bother. <laughs> okay. Um, you said about the shower, like the shower wasn't working? Uh yeah, the shower wasn't working. But I usually only brush my hair about once a month anyway. But <laughs> Yeah, like listeners. Ralph has, like, longer hair than me. He has, like, down past his shoulder-length hair. How can you brush your hair, like, once a month? Like, it is clean, though. I do think it's clean. I'm not saying it's not clean. I just, I, I just don't... I'm, yeah, my hair gets tangled, like, so easily. So I just don't... So does that. mine. And that's why I can't bother <laughs> to brush it. And then I had... Uh, some guy came up to me and he looked at me. He's like, you must be a fucking good worker, mate, because you should be fired looking like that. As a, <laughs> I'm offended, but it's accurate. But also, it's like it's like weirdly a backhanded compliment. Yeah, exactly. I'm offended, but it is accurate. But you're right. I am a bloody good worker. And I should be fired for how I look. Hello and welcome to Jenny and the Strange. I'm Kaz. And I'm Ralph. And today we are going to be discussing chaos magic. Yes, we are. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. I don't know about I don't know about you. Yep. This was actually your your choice of topic, wasn't it? Yeah, I got um I got first dibs, as it were, because it was my idea and um all that stuff. So yeah, no, I am very excited to talk about this, if only because this is more research than I've done on anything, including my dissertation. <laughs> I was gonna, yeah, you did say that you had read a lot of books for this. Yeah. Two and a half. <laughs> and, and someone, <laughs> okay, cool. Yes, continue. <laughs> and some online articles. and um, Yes, articles, videos. Any videos in there? Nah, because I thought if I like saw fat, sweaty, nerdy people talking about making sigils and ranking about them, it might ruin the whole mystique for me. So I thought, like, uh, I'll avoid the videos. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. I, I watched some videos of some cool witch, witch-like people. They were pretty cool. Weren't fat and nerdy. I mean, yes, but it doesn't mean that they weren't a good source. No, no, of course not. I'm, I'm, I'm allowed because I'm fat and nerdy, so I'm allowed to poke fun. But <laughs> Arguable, but sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited about this one as well. Um, I haven't really ever heard of Chaos Magic before Ralph said we should do an episode on it. And um, yeah, I, I've ex- been excited to learn a new idea, a new paradigm, a new way that people function in this world that I had no idea even happened around me. So that's really cool. I first learned about Chaos Magic when I was... A wee thing. I would have been 19 years old. wee thing? And I was at uni and I was getting high all the time. Um, And then I was reading my comics and there was a comic called The Invisibles by Grant Morrison. And I love... um, Actually, at the time, I didn't love Grant Morrison. I thought he was boring and I did not get his work. But I was like, I have no money, but I'm going to spend all the money I have on comics. And so I started reading The Invisibles, and I was like, oh, this is life-changing. And then I looked at the author, and then I realised he was into chaos magic, and then he was cool and Scottish, and I was like, I'm going to try and get into chaos magic. And then I um, bought two books, I went half of one of them, 
And then I went around telling everyone all these cool, interesting theories. And then I got drunk. And then I forgot all about it until now. I remember you said something about a demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I read half a book and then I... Um, one what of the book? What was to start Condensed with? Chaos. Ah, yes, I read... Con- well, I listened to Condensed Chaos. When I say read, I also mean that I listen to it on audiobooks because I consume pretty much 90% of my media via listening to talking books or audiobooks or podcasts. So, um, yeah, I use read and listen interchangeably. I don't do audiobooks because I can't concentrate. But yes, like when I was um, 19... It was condensed chaos, and then the first thing they tell you in basically any chaos magic thing is about how to do a sigil. So I did one of those, which will be explained later in the episode, I'm guessing, and um, that I would have some proof the supernatural existed, and then I got really high, and then I went to bed, and then I woke up, and there was, um, I woke up, and there was a demon. Not a demon, it was like a shadow that was tall and crooked standing over watching me. Like a thing, an entity. Exactly. And you know when you wake up and like your brain makes patterns out of something and you can sometimes see shadows or you sometimes see figures standing over you and then you turn your light on and it's like, I don't know, like a coat and a hat that you've just hung up on your door. I, I was like, okay, that's what's happening. So I like ended up staring at it for a long time until like my eyes sort of adjusted to the dark and I was a bit more awake and then it didn't go away. So at that point, I was like, oh, I am fucking freaked out now. Like Ooh. I should be able to work out what this is. And I ended up turning my light on and then it did turn out to be a coat and stuff. But I couldn't work out how the pattern formed because usually when that happens to me, I can be like, oh, so that was what I saw as the head and what it was. But I turned on the light and I was like, why? What was that? Like it doesn't, nothing on my door is exactly what it was. Mm. And I'm not saying that I saw a demon or I summoned a demon or anything like that. But I am saying I do, or I did at the time, I don't want to give the way at the end of the episode, believe that doing this stuff can have a, if it's not real in the sense that this creates physical change in the world, I do believe it can have a real effect on your brain. Yeah, definitely. Um, And it did in that occasion. And then I, again, got drunk and forgot all about it because I had better things to do. <laughs> well, um, that was a really good opener because it shows just how real these things can be, whether they're real or not, or if you, like you say, real in your mind, they're real in your mind, why, you know, that makes them real, surely. So my sources for this episode are Condensed Chaos by Phil Hine, um, The 52 Sigils of Power by Zana Blaze. I also listened to Advanced Magic for Beginners by Alan Chapman. And um, I also listened to Walking with Magical Entities by Taylor Elwood. I also did Pop Magic by Grant Morrison, which is a 10-page article. And the two last podcasts on the last episodes about Chaos Magic, which counts. It counts as research. It's a source. It is a source. (laughs) I also listened to the first episode on that. I didn't get to the second episode, but it was, yeah. Now that... The first time I listened to those episodes, those um, last podcast and the last episodes, I was so confused about what Chaos Magic even was. And now that I've done sort of background reading on it, I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, no, I understand this a lot better now. So it's interesting. Yeah. How you're yeah, doing different research obviously fills in the gaps <laughs> in if your we've knowledge. we've achieved nothing else, we've made two episodes of a podcast we both vaguely like slightly more entertaining for it's, ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, those are our sources. So what is chaos magic? I think is a, a question that most of the listeners will be asking now if they don't already know what it is as a concept. So it's interesting in the sense I realised we've done this wrong because we should have 
researched all other forms of magic and then done an episode on chaos magic. Yes. Um, I, I realised that too when I started getting into it. And I'm like, because one of the core, it, it's not really a magic as such. It's a system. And the idea is that you can pick from other parts of magic, any kind of other magical system you can kind of, is it a system or is it more of a philosophy, I suppose? I think a bit of both. Mm. Because you can pick from other magical systems to use from it. I saw someone describe it as um, you can go to a buffet and pick any kind of magic you want. So you can have like Wiccan magic, um, moon magic, tarot cards. You can have um, sigil magic, servitor magic, shamanism. You have the whole pick of any kind of magic you want to use as long as it will serve you and the end purpose. So the core thing they say in all the Chaos Magic books is nothing is true, everything is permitted. So the way I thought about it was it's a very postmodern form of magic in the sense of in postmodernism, they say that nothing exists anymore. It's all just mirrored reflections. There is no true thing. All we have is simulacras of the truth, which has, which is gone. And that's sort of what Chaos Magic is to me in the idea that there is no true form of magic. That's right. It's These are all as right as each other and they're all true in their own way but you can pick any sort of them because none of them are the truth or the exact way to be they are all simulacras of a grand unifying theme that mm. nobody can ever get back to that's it and you just pick and choose what works for you you know like you um you have fun with it you think uh that something will work for you you give it a go you try it out you write it down you try it again and i think that's something that's probably quite important to say early on as well is that keeping a magical journal is definitely one of the core practices inside chaos magic so i think it sort of appeals to my nature of like um trying to understand things at a sort of scientific level and writing things down and trying experiments on things um a good sort of um template of a chaos magic guide would be to write down what you did um the time of it what you were trying to achieve um weather conditions dates etc etc until you are able to sort of pinpoint exactly what you did and then you try that experiment again you write down the results and you try it again and you tweak things and the idea is you keep tweaking things until you get something that works for you that you find um is good and is working for you and serves your purpose and then if you find something better you discard that thing that's working for you and then go on to the thing that's better because nothing is true um but yes that is um that leads me to what i liked about chaos magic is it's a very punk rock form of magic <laughs> in it's very diy do it yourself um mm. it's so from what i could gather is that magic at first was very insular and it didn't like people learning more about it and then that sort of regressed and regressed with alistair crowley being like everyone should be able to learn this and then you've got chaos magic where instead of it being like okay here's all the pomp and circumstance and you need all of this to be able to do it chaos magic's like have a go. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, you know, try again, do something different. Mm. Who gives a shit? It's, um... Yeah, you're right. I never really thought of it like that as a sort of punk rock kind of way of doing things. I did see a meme um, on one of the Facebook groups I was following um, where it says, like, traditional magic, and it's, like, one of those crazy freeways in America, you know, with the sort of crisscrossing lanes and the sort of roundabout things going all up into the sky. And it's like this sort of crazy mishmash, like 
road, roads of chaos, and then chaos magic, which was two straight lines, side by side, freeway. Which is funny because obviously you think the idea of chaos magic, it should be the one that's more chaotic, but is actually more straightforward. It very much is more straightforward, which is, I guess, why I thought it'd be good to do as an introduction episode to, like, magic, because, you know, all the other ones would be, like, if you want to do a ritual, you'll have to have, like, robes and an altar and, like, a big pentagram on the floor, and I just don't have the fucking space. And, like, (laughs) chaos magic is, like, you don't need any of that stuff if it doesn't work for you. Like, just do what works for you, and it's a very results-based magic. Like, if you get results from what you're doing, then who am I to say you're wrong? As long as you do it, practice it and you get results then it's right and if you don't then it's not right and who gives a shit um assuming it is all real which i'm still on the fence about i mean that's the thing isn't it because i'm also on the fence about it because i and it's one of those things that actually was mentioned by philheim in condensed chaos it's like the experience of it being able to experience something that you have planned or experiencing something spooky or experiencing some kind of um idiosyncrasy that's probably, that is going to enhance your belief way more than reading books can. And I've read a lot of books on it and I have attempted magic, but I haven't had any concrete sensations or experiences or um, results, I guess. So I feel like I'm on the fence about it too, but I, I, I almost think I do believe in it. It just hasn't happened to me yet. How yeah. do you feel about that? Um, I, I, oh, it's hard. I go back and forth. I think there's things like you should try it for yourself. And if it works, that really makes me a believer. Because it, if they didn't believe it was working, then I don't think there would be such an emphasis on you should be doing this shit. Yeah. Um, which really makes me think like, like, it's not trying to be like, well, you can't do this unless you do this and this and this. Um, you know, and which is what cults do, be like, well, this will happen as long as all these requirements are met. Phil Hine, the writer of Condensed Chaos, and um, Peter Carroll, who wrote Liebenau, both believe in it so much, like, yeah, do it, I swear it will work, and if it doesn't, then don't buy any more of my books, but they probably want people to keep buying their books so they keep making money. Um, So it makes me more of a believer, Um, which can segue into what I wanted to talk about is how we felt while um, researching co-op. Is there anything that it made us feel? Because the thing I noticed while reading Condensed Chaos is it kind of fluctuated between a self-help psychological book and then like a hard, which I kind of roll my eyes at, which is, is me and I'm not judging anyone who's got any help from stuff like that or anything. And I'm, I'm not saying there's not good ideas in them, but me being a dickhead, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> Someone trying to help me, how dare they? (laughs) See, I love self-help books. I read quite a lot of self-help books. So you're right. There's a a ton of self-help in that book, which I think is really interesting. And like, there's a whole portion on um, how to be relaxed, how to stay confident, how to be at peace with yourself enough so that anything can happen to you and you'll just roll with it. Because you don't have to sort of question and become a victim. You just roll with it and go, this is what's happening. And I am a flexible being and I can roll with the punches type thing. I think that was like brilliant. And there's so many brilliant bits of self-help in this book. However, 
I was reading it and I was like, yes, wow, so many great ideas in here. I can really get on board with this. And then um, uh, he goes on to say, my client whose throat was infested by a frog demon. And again, like, sure, I'm not taking the piss, but it just was so juxtaposed that it made me laugh because I was like, wow, this really does sort of take a, you know, self-help, this is very psychological in your own head type thing. And then to real sort of hard magic that people are really experiencing right now. And it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, I've never read anything quite like it. <laughs> it's weird, right? Because that's the exact example I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I was like, this is, yeah, very psychological and I can understand all of this and I'm very much on board that I could see why this stuff helps. Like, for instance, I've been trying, I have terrible issues with anxiety like crippling at this point my life's a misery really is what i'm saying so after reading that i have like i've really been like i think a thing that he says a lot in the book is you should try and live more in the present present mm. and it, the future and the past doesn't exist live in the present and i i know that's a thing in a lot of self-help books but apparently if you put like a weird symbol on stuff i'll be more likely to listen so i've really been trying to do that and i have felt it's lifted my mood a little bit that's um, good but then it goes on to uh, maybe you could like bleed onto a bit of paper with a sigil to create a serpent, and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it, I feel it like it crosses that line. For some people, that might be very a very natural line to cross into. But I think, and I, I have said before that both of us, I think, are quite skeptical and are both quite grounded in psychology. And and I, and then I think when you throw something like quite like um, quite dramatically occult then um, I think it's quite jarring. At points, I found myself feeling quite embarrassed reading it. Oh, no. Oh, if anyone sees me reading this, I just want to kind of like... They're not going to know unless they're a magician. No, I know. But (laughs) I was just like, there was a part of me, and I don't like this part. And I want to, I'm hoping as we keep going with the podcast, I actually, this part of me will get less and less vocal. Mm. There's a bit of me that was like, you're a fucking 30-year-old man and you're reading about someone seeing a frog in someone's throat. Grow up, go outside, like, go to the gym, you loser. Um, (laughs) And, like, I found that quite difficult getting through the books. But then I was like, oh, but this is the part of me that stops me doing anything interesting or fun. Yeah, because that's, like, your normie self going, like, go to the gym, go have a family and shit. You know, it's kind of like, no, I want to be a wizard. Yeah, exactly. I want to be a wizard. You're a wizard, Ralph. Oh, yes. I mean, if a giant comes up and tells me that, then I would be like, well, that's a synchronicity I can't be bored with. Although hopefully he's not written by, like, a transphobic author. I don't know. I know if you're, um, um, this might be a little bit aside, but did you find this book sort of crossed into Terry Pratchett land a little bit? Yes. I thought that as well because I was re-listening to it a little while ago. And then I think there's a bit about if you believe in entities or not, it doesn't matter. They can still come up to you and tap you on the shoulder and ask you for a smoke. Yes. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that seems very Terry Pratchett in the way that the gods were real. They were physical, tangible beings yeah. because people believed in them. And that almost makes me um, think that the more people that believe in something, the more that it is true. And I think that is actually true. And this is kind of an, a very good example of that because if there's enough people who believe in it, who write books about it, to expand this particular corner of knowledge, then more people believe in it and it becomes a more, a more, I don't know, what am I trying to say? I'm not sure. But do you I understand do, what I'm trying to say? I do get what you mean. It was also very Terry Pratchett in the fact that uh, the way it goes about what works as magic, 
in the sense where I swear in the Terry Pratchett book, a demon comes out of the fridge and Nanny Og bonks it over the head with a spoon. <laughs> and they're like, but you're meant to use magic to make it go away. And she's like, I did. I used the magic of my fucking spoon. Mm, and it, that's like, very true, actually. Again, like, that was her form of magic and it worked for her, so it's magic. I love that. I love it. It's funny, actually, because um, Condensed Chaos goes about teaching magic in a very sort of set way to itself. Um, I don't really know how to put a label on what that set way is. Um, but I read that book first. That's what I thought it was. That was my understanding of magic. And it did sort of like awaken these parts of my brain, which is kind of like anything that you do can be considered magic. Like anything that you put thought and belief behind, um, that is a way of expressing and experiencing magic. Um, however, then I read um, Advanced Magic uh, for Beginners by Alan Chapman. And that really does um, take a whole nother spin on it, I think, anyway. Um, because he, I don't know if you read that one or like briefly looked into it. No, it's annoying. It keeps coming up on Reddit as one that you absolutely have to read. Oh, really? I just, I've worked 14 days in a row. I don't <laughs> I can't. I can't listen to this. I will read it. But no, it is. Oh, that's the thing. It's not also an audiobook as well. It's, it's like a written thing. So I had to, yeah, that's, I had to actually read. Um, yes, anyway. So it has some really interesting ideas in that one. Um, one being that you don't, your ritual can be anything. Your ritual can literally just be thinking about something and willing something into existence. That can be the ritual. And this is in condensed chaos, right? Or is that in no? That's advanced? in advanced yeah. magic because in, in cond- cond- condensed chaos, it does touch on a few ideas to do rituals. But I think I still come came away from condensed magic going. Uh, sorry, <laughs> combining the book titles now. Condensed chaos um, by say by and I didn't really even know what a ritual was. You know, like I was just kind of like, but how do I do a ritual? That's what I liked about reading Peter Carroll's Liebenthal. It was a little bit clear on what a ritual was like mm. in this chaos it assumes a lot of knowledge yes you're right weird because it's an introduction to chaos. i guess it's an introduction to introduction to chaos magic not magic mm. but you would think it would be because i, I i've had no experience of like yeah. any magical system at all this is my first journey into any kind of magic into the strange that's it ha 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 the name of this podcast um the, um, yeah, this is my first journey into any kind of magical system at all and magic in itself, um, you know, outside of the realms of Harry Potter, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it was, um, I, I still thought like, well, what is a ritual? How do I do a ritual? Like, do I cast a spell? Like how many candles do I need? And the things, and I was kind of like, this is what I assume a magical ritual should be. And I should be reading it from a great big grimoire and I should be going through and saying like, oh, and this is how I set the candles up in this specific way. And I use the scents and the smells and the incense and the and the powders and the dyes. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's not like that. Okay, yeah. The point of condensed chaos is if that works for you, then that's how you should do a ritual. This is why condensed all chaos magic is probably a bad place to start when yeah. you learn about magic because it's like, <laughs> Yeah, sure. If that's what you want to do to make you feel like the ritual is working, then do that if it works for you. But if it doesn't, then don't. Yeah, that's it. Or just think about it or meditate on it. The problem is with the book, Condensed Chaos, is you have to know what an actual ritual is to know what might not work for you. And then he doesn't say what an actual ritual is. So you're left being like, what the fuck am I reading? I'm so confused. That's why I liked um, Advanced Magic for Beginners, because it does actually take you through, this is what could be a ritual. You should try this one out. Here's another way of doing it. Try this one out. 
here's another way of doing it. Try this one out and write them all down in your journal and then tell me the results. Well, not tell him the results, but write the results down. And Just then- emailing this poor <laughs> So today I made a sigil and yeah. So um, that's kind of, um, it, you know, one was the sigil, the sigil method, um, which is, I should, I'm probably go into actually, yeah. because um, the way- Unlike you, condensed chaos, we will go into it. We will go into how to create a sigil. And again, don't do this, listener. Go away and do your own research before you attempt to do any chaos magic. But we will, for your education, explain some of these rituals. So the way to make a sigil is to write your statement of intent. And that's the thing that you want to achieve by doing this magic. Um, this is what you want. This is how you want to change the world and rearrange the world so that it matches what you want. Um, you write that down. Um, so what's a good example of a statement of intent? It is my will to not get stuck in traffic today. There we go. So yeah, what you not today because it's meant to be more vague. Yeah, like I will not get stuck in traffic. Yeah, or yeah, or I will not experience traffic. Or yeah, yeah, something like that. So you write that down and then you take out all of the repeating letters. Um, so you're left with a sort of jumble of letters. And then you um, you create a sort of artistic representation of all of those letters um, into a sort of symbol or sigil, as it, as it were. And then you draw a circle around it and then that is your sigil. After that, you are meant to forget the statement of intent and just know the sigil. And then you can do all sorts of different ways of how you can interpret this ritual. Um, I really quite like the um, advanced magic for beginners because it goes into that method, but then it, another method it suggests is just make a cool picture, you know, just make your own sigil. It, does, it has, doesn't have to be based on letters or words or anything. Just make something and sort of in your in your mind, assign your will to it, your statement of intent to it. But it doesn't have to be anything to do with the letters and then see how that goes and then report back with that kind of result. The idea is, I don't think it's so much important what the letters are, like it says. I think the idea is that it's a crystallization of your will mm. that you can remember. Um, and whatever helps you do that is what works. But as long as you've got your will like made into a form that's easy to remember. Mm. Um, like a tangible yeah. symbol and sign that means what you want it to do. Yeah. Right, you don't even remember, you're meant to forget, but it's just meant to be all there in that form. Yes. That's what matters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, 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 I enjoyed that. I, I made a few sigils. I have now since forgotten them. Apart from this one I have written down in this book. Yeah. <laughs> Which I wrote down and forgot to destroy, and there it is, so. And then in the Beach Cow book, it's like, and then you should fire it off into the Chaos Nether Spear, where you reach a point of Gnostic, whatever. <laughs> um, so there's a whole thing where you're meant to essentially like go blank-minded and thoughtless, and that's when you reach the magical trance uh, that both books talk about a lot. And when you've reached that point, and there's examples given of like you could go for a walk in the graveyard, and your terror will be like overwhelm you to the point you're not thinking, and then you should yeah. fire it off into the chaos nether sphere. Or you could um, starve yourself so yeah. fast so that you are sort of physically exhausted, and then when you've reached that kind of mental clarity, 
then send it off. And Peter Carroll just talks about wanking a lot. Yeah. And every single time I'm just like, why would I go for a fucking walk in a graveyard when I could just have a wank? <laughs> None of this makes sense. It definitely seems like the easier of the options. Yeah. I, I think it's because um, me trying to sum this up was like, when you reach peak or orgasm, which is meant to be like you firing off all of your energy in one burst, yeah. that's meant to charge the sigil and, uh, and then send it off. Yeah, and when then, you're like completely thoughtless, when you just like reach that peak. Mm, yeah, that's um, that seems to be sort of like the main way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> they really stress home how much they want you to rank, which I found slightly weird. Yeah, and I also realised that the chaos magic from the books I read was very male orientated. Well, I can kind of understand that just from the sort of demographic that I feel that it's writing to. Yeah, because every single spell was like, oh, you could want something like. Um, uh, a harem of women. No, that's the thing. It's like having a good breakfast in the morning, or you could have something like finding a specific drink in a pub. And it's like, oh, you know, you could want women. It's basically women. You need <laughs> women, right? <laughs> or sex. sex. Just sex. Yeah. And that was essentially like Peter Carroll was like, it's a. Every single human wants two things, love and sex. I was like, I don't fucking want one of those. No, I, and I know another human <laughs> who definitely doesn't believe in love, and I don't want sex. <laughs> so fuck you, Peter Carroll, and your exclusive written in the 70s vibe. Screw you, your love and romance. We don't want nothing of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. <laughs> Bit of a tangent, but. But yeah, no, that is like a, uh, a good way, apparently, of, um, yeah, sending off a sigil. I, I yeah the idea of starving yourself or meditating really hard or <laughs> meditating really hard like ooh, meditation. <laughs> but the thing is, you're not meant to meditate really hard. No, I know. Like, that's why I just point, sorry. That was just me just being like, why would why did I choose those words? Meditate really hard. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, meditate for a long time until you reach that sort of like mental bliss, and then send it off. See, I think I world. would make a good magician because I find myself. Staring off into space, not thinking anything for long periods of time. And that's like what the Gnostic state is, mm. which you're meant to like meditate ages to get. Are you actually thinking of nothing though? Or are you thinking of things? Because when I'm staring off into space, I'm like having this whole like space epic going No, on I'm thinking of nothing. Sometimes I literally realise I'll just be staring into space for like three minutes. I'm like, oh fuck, Man, where, where am I? That's really cool. Considering like that is basically what most people trying to meditate is, you know, they're, they're trying to achieve that. That's pretty impressive. Because yeah. I, I like meditation. I've been trying to do um, practice meditation for many years. I am terrible at keeping it up. I'll do it straight for like 30 days and be like, man, I feel amazing. And then just not, just, just stop doing it immediately. And I'm just like, why did I do that? It was like bringing me so much. And yeah, I am just, I don't know. I think it's probably self-destruction in there somewhere. But um, but yeah, that's basically what I'm always trying to achieve is just shut off my thoughts like stop stop shut up shut up type thing so it's really cool that you can just kind of do that from the off yeah it's, it's a bad thing I do it a lot when socialising yep yeah. like, <laughs> that's good to know that we can really keep you entertained you entertained you know <laughs> I can see with you oh that's alright I feel special like with a few drinks in me if someone's talking about something I'm not interested I will find myself literally just staring into space and I'm not thinking about how bored I am I'm just not thinking that's really and then cool. they'll finish the story I'm like where am I? What? Oh god, I have to respond with something. <laughs> Just like, uh I'm gonna go drink. <laughs> Good story, probably. I enjoyed listening to that, but I must go. I was staring into space so intently because I was listening so hard. 
Um, they so, probably think that. They probably think, wow, he's really into this. I need to, like, you know, up the ante. Another point on Gnosticism is that where I think I hit, and again, they describe Gnosticism as essentially where you're not having any thoughts and the universe is working through you and that's the best place to do any rituals in. Um, another point is when I've had, like, three, four drinks and I'm playing Mario Kart with Chris. And, like, I suck at Mario Kart usually, but then when I've had four drinks, I go completely thoughtless and I'm just doing it all, not even thinking about like oh, what yeah. I'm doing, and it's just my brain's going. See, I've done that before. I don't know if you have you ever played Dance Dance Revolution. You know, like the, no, of course not. The one on the mat, <laughs> of course not. Well, you can play with your fingers as well. You don't need to use your body. Anyway, yes, you get to that sort of state. Or Guitar Hero. You must play Guitar Hero. No, really. I have spent so many nights where my friends did nothing but Guitar Hero for eight hours, and I was just like. I just wanted to talk to someone who <laughs> just watch you play this fucking game. But Ralph, that's the best time to stay off of the space. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's only so much staring you can do before you <laughs> die. <laughs> but that's that's that. basically that I was coming back to that is when you're playing Dark Times Revelation or you're so into like that kind of rhythm game that there are no thoughts. You yeah. are just a connection of body part to brain. So, you know, there is no in-between. There is no thought in-between. You are just doing and you are. And at that point, that's where you should fire off the sigil into the Chaos Netherverse. Maybe I should play uh, Dance Dance Revolution and uh, get to that stage. No. <laughs> Wait, you get, you get a I don't want to play Bloodborne. You I keep guess. asking me to play it and I'm not going to. On a little on the side about Bloodborne, which we are going to keep in, I don't care. So, <laughs> in Bloodborne, so there's left hand pass and right hand path of magic and Chaos Magic is like either of them. Pick either of them. They both essentially get to the same point. But I really found, like, it's really cool when you start learning about, like, chaos magic and, like, occult magic. You start seeing it everywhere. Because in Bloodborne, there's the people who sucked up the blood of the old gods and were, like, ended up turning into beasts. And then the people who just wanted to learn about the great ones and have eyes on their brain. And I was like, that's left hand and right hand path magic because the people sucking up the blood of the old demon gods, monsters, and turning into beasts, that's right-hand path magic. And left-hand path magic are the people who wanted to read lots of books and get esoteric knowledge and have eyes on their brain. Does that have anything to do with, um, I think I have seen it as like results magic versus, oh, I forget the other term, but it's basically like one is um, something that you're aspiring to personally. So something you want to sort of reach a higher plane, you want to become a better person, yeah. you want to sort of increase your mental capacity. And then the other is one, I like money. Exactly, yeah. That, so the left hand would be, I want to increase my knowledge, I want to reach enlightenment, and I'll do that through meditation and um, reading books. Where the other one is, I want results, I'm going to do magic to get results, I want money and sex. Yeah. So left hand, right hand. And that's in Bloodborne. So Bloodborne is an occult video game. <laughs> Everyone to play it. Cover okay. me, I'm not going to. You no. can't make me. No, we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> Let's just end the podcast. No, we've only just started it. Um, um, yes, no, um, on that note, actually, um, did you attempt any magic? No. Oh, did you not? I've 14 days in a row. Ralph, we're doing a podcast on Chaos Magic. You have to try Chaos Magic. I'm going to, but like I, say, like I say, I don't think like one episode has to be one and done. Yeah, no, like, oh, no, no, definitely not. Um, I wanted to get a good... It took me about reading three and a half books and reading, like, fucking ten internet articles from each articles to get to a point where I was like, I think I understand this enough that I can start trying to do this now. Mm -hmm. But that also took me up to, like, two hours ago. Yeah, so, no, me um, me too. I was um, re-listening to Condensed Chaos at, like, two times. I feel like I need to listen to it once at normal speed and then I can, like, process it better the second time. So I listen to it, like, at 
two times the speed and I'm like I can my brain can like handle this now <laughs> yeah I almost feel like I wish we started restarting this a year ago because yes I but mean, also no for the same token because I I did grow weary of it slightly as did I yeah it, it's 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 a lot and I feel um it's actually funnily enough mentioned in condensed chaos that you can become so overwhelmed by the the information that you're sort of taking like you, you, if you've read too many books on it and you don't have time to sort of process really what they're trying to explain to you then it can be too much and you don't want to continue with it so yeah you can actually get overwhelmed by taking in too much information about the subject which i guess is the same for anything that you can do um but when yeah i did my dissertation on batman i couldn't read batman comics for about a year i forgot that you did your dissertation on batman yeah super cool it was awesome. It's really funny when you look on the like portal and you can see everyone else's dissertations. And the one above me was like um, literature in the renaissance of um, English literature. I don't know. And the other one was like um, literature from Harlem in the 1980s and how black like whites influenced um, literature going forward. And in between mine was like, Batman! Batman! <laughs> Batman! <laughs> I did just say Batman because the fucking person didn't put my whole title. <laughs> Yeah, you just literally just put this one's about Batman. Yeah, man, I look like an idiot. <laughs> well, that's so stupid of him because it, you know he's the one who probably didn't read it properly and didn't understand, and then he didn't like enter. This is you know Batman between the ages of X and Y trying yeah, exactly. to explore the ideas of X and Y, but he was just like I didn't understand Batman. He was also the person who emailed me saying, I don't think you get academia before I got my dissertation <laughs> results back. Well, you and got a like, degree, oh, so I... fuck him. <laughs> no, you, you know, you got a degree, so. Yeah, you know. I got a degree. Joke's on him. <laughs> it's a two-two, so I don't know if it counts as a real degree. Yeah, it does. But I did do all my essays two hours before they were meant to be handed in, so I think I'm a genius for even getting that. Uh, we'll need to get, go into that at some point again, because you've got so many good, interesting stories from from uni and it always starts off like we were going on a night out and all of this happened and then some really fucked up shit happened and then I decided to eat some bread and sober up and then I wrote an essay and then I handed it in to uh, uni the next day that's a legit story <laughs> it literally is I think, it's, I think that's many of them yeah. <laughs> anyway back to chaos magic um, what were we saying? Uh, oh yeah, getting overwhelmed by books and stuff. Also, so you didn't try any magic? No, I was sad. Of getting overwhelmed. I do not think any of the people I wrote, wrote, read writing about chaos magic are great writers because in Condensed Chaos, you'll start with like a big subheader. So you're like, oh, this is what this section is going to be about. And then about two paragraphs later, I don't know if you found that, it's like, this has nothing to do with what he was speaking about or nothing to do with anything that's in the rest of the book. I did find that because in the I did listen to the audiobook and the audiobook is like separated by like obviously chapters but then the chapters are quite long and quite um like abstract obviously because they delve into a lot of different passageways and yeah you you do I do listen at the beginning you know I was listening today and then I thought like what the what the fuck was this chapter even on and then I looked at it and I was like I, and it has some weird abstract title that has nothing to do with anything. And I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. I'm no clearer on what I'm supposed to be learning about. And then I read Peter Carroll and I was like, some of this stuff sounds stupid. So I looked it up and he's apparently a famous Discordian and half the book's a joke. I was like, oh, right, great. So you've been reading satire. Yeah, because the whole thing is it's not meant to be easy to learn and they want to like weed out the people who are intelligent and like can sift, sift through the jokes to the actual information. 
So they put lots of like little jokey moments and troll moments in there. And I was like, that's quite interesting just as an art form, but yeah. also really what a fucking troll, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's a bit at the end of the book where it's like, oh, you can practice levitating by bouncing on your bum. And I was like, <laughs> you can't be real. <laughs> You're like, bullshit alert. <laughs> this is one of the fake bits that you put in. Yes, it was very much, oh yeah, half the book's fake. I was like, oh, I thought it was, but then I spent, I still had to read this fucking book. I, I didn't read that one just because um last podcast on the left said that it was like a fucking two and a half to get through. And I'm like, I don't have the will. I honestly don't. I don't know. For me, I found the bits that weren't meant to be silly, um if I distinguish them right, were actually a little bit more like illuminating than condensed chaos. I guess it's, it's a little bit more like, here's some practical application. Mm. Um, and here's how you do this stuff, where it's less um, condensed chaos was like, here's the psychologically psycholo- psychology behind this stuff. Yeah. Oh, um, that's actually something we should probably touch on is the models of um, of different ways of explaining chaos magic. I guess explaining is maybe the wrong word. I also just wanted to add, I also quite enjoyed how arch and over the top Libano was compared to Condensed Chaos because Condensed Chaos is like it's very straight is, talking isn't it yeah this is fun and like here's what you can do well can, um, Libano was like you will lose your mind and magician stuff is life and death and if you go wrong you can go into disaster and hark comes the reason <laughs> and so on that's amazing um, yeah that's actually quite um, I've heard quite a lot of um, different reports from varying sources about how Chaos Magic can go wrong as in my um uh magic has a funny sense of humor and it will take the quickest laziest route into achieving the thing that you have asked for so an example would be i want loads of money um tomorrow and if you haven't sort of specified how or opened up a channel in able to get that money say if you had a business you can be like oh i want to get a bunch of sales tomorrow therefore bring me in x amount of money um, that would be sort of be you're being specific and you're also sort of channeling how you want that money to manifest. But if you're very vague about it, you can just say, I just want money to appear tomorrow. Then you might get hit by a car and then you might sue the person who hit you by a car, therefore getting you loads of money, but you might not have working legs anymore. Exactly. Oh, that reminds me of a sigil I did when I was back in university. Mm. It was that I would speak to this girl I had a crush on. Mm. Um, so I made that sigil. And then I did it. And I swear this happened. And this is not me making this up. I ended up when I was like really fucking hungover. I'd been sick on myself the night before. Oh, no. Wandering up, going home. Like, I didn't have sick down my top. If I'm, but if I'm being honest, I did. And then I like bumped into her and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Why, why now? <laughs> because you willed it exactly and like that was another thing that I forgot till now because I maybe repressed it um, <laughs> I was gonna say you hadn't said that story before made me, believe, made me believe in chaos magic because I was, I was like oh this is like they always say the universe has a sense of humour I was like well if that's true they're not wrong uh, yeah I, I, I like that story just for that because you didn't say like I want to talk to this girl when I'm presentable and when I'm feeling confident, it was like, yeah, you'll speak to her when you're at your absolute lowest. But I've still come through. Yeah, exactly. You did, didn't they? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, that was another example of what I read someone saying like, oh, I want to lose like six pounds and then they get their arm chopped off or something yeah. like that. You know, it's kind of like, I feel like if you said, I want to lose six pounds at the gym 
by me working out, it's also inspiring to you to actually go to the gym and actually give that magic a sort of route in order to pay off, as it were. That's the other thing they say, that magic's lazy. So if you're going to... If you're going to say, I want to win the lottery, then buy like fucking 50 lottery tickets and it'll work through the easiest way to do it. Or otherwise you might, you know, find a lottery ticket and win 50 pence on it. Ah, yeah, that's true because you might win the lottery, but you might not actually play the lottery. Therefore, not really having a lot of chance at winning the lottery. (laughs) You might still get it, but it might be like years down the line and it might be in like the minimalist way possible. That would be very cool, though, if you did, like, say that in one time, I was like, I want to play the lottery See, randomly today, and then you won! Is what makes me not believe in Chaos Magic, because all these, like, great Chaos Magic authors, like, one of them was moaning about not being able to afford a fucking computer. I'm like, well, if you're that good, like, why don't you do a sigil of, I will win, I, the, oh, I will win the lottery, I will have money, I will, win the I will the have yeah. a computer. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. And and that does make me, um, you know, question, I guess, some of um, the people who I say was looking up on YouTube and, and such. Um, I, again, I didn't write any of the channels down. I just kind of did a haphazard search on YouTube for like ideas around chaos magic. And, um, and, and yeah, no, it, it does. Um, it, it's something else. Actually, it's a completely different topic. But it's someone who was talking about uh, manifesting physical appearance changes, which is something I've been interested in and I have been researching outside of this podcast. Um, I kind of want to do an episode on it. and Maybe we'll get around to doing that one day and experimenting with it because I'm interested in that. Me um, too. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but yes, this person um, was very, very beautiful and very put together and... So she looked like a million dollars, but there was one sort of obvious flaw about her appearance and she had, she wasn't able to change that through any of the manifesting stuff, Um, which kind of makes me think like, has that worked or, you know, has it only worked in some ways? Why isn't it working on that particular thing? But then I think it's so interesting because I wonder how chaos magic works to the people who it works for. Because they're like, quote, last podcast on the left. If you, like, do a, whatever, a ritual to make your dick bigger, like, whether or not your dick's bigger, you'll believe that it is, and therefore you'll be better at sex, and it might feel like it's bigger, which is it manifesting in the world. Which is you, and then that person will be very more, lot more confident, yeah. and therefore act like they're, they have a big dick. Exactly. Or they might just be better at sex because they believe they're less ashamed of their dick, so like they use it better, and then that makes it feel like it's bigger to the women, which would make it that the big dick's bigger. I think that leads on nicely to the models, because yeah. I'm a psychology model, um, which basically means that I sort of understand chaos magic as it affects your subconscious. So if I say, I want to be more confident, I make a visual, I fire it, I believe I'm more confident i believe that the magic is affecting my confidence i imagine that i am more confident because my subconscious knows it to be more confident has the magic not worked because i am more confident even though i am aware that i am affecting my subconscious or is it nothing to do with the subconscious is it literally the magic working in a completely different way but that's the thing about chaos magic that can get a bit tiresome Nothing is true. Everything's permitted. So if that's what, how magic works for you, then that's how magic works for you. It's very true. But and then I, I, it's still, I it's essentially created a loophole where fucking anything works and there's no way to prove it is <laughs> or not. It's very true. I mean, there are many different ways, uh, different models of um, 
of, of sort of understanding magic and understanding chaos magic. Um, there's say the sort of like cyberpunk model. I think uh, um, in the Matrix, um, yeah, we all live in a, not a simulation as such, but reality has like is like a computer and magic teaches you coach to hack that computer and achieve results through that exactly or there is the literal traditional magic route where you are conversing with spirits and demons and and that is the way that um magic is happening to you and that's how you understand it the idea though i think and it's one of the core principles of chaos magic is to be flexible is to be able to swap from any model at any point in time if it serves you. So if I understand that, you know, say if I wanted something um, and I believe that, I don't know, say if I wanted to be better at computers or I wanted to um, learn how to code or, you know, be a better um, coder, um, I might want to adapt and change my model of thinking to the cyberpunk um, kind of way of thinking so that I feel that um, that coincides more with um, my goals at the time. The idea with Chaos Magic is that you are able to take on different personalities, different ideas, different perspectives at any point and just roll with the punches. And that brings me to a problem I had understanding Chaos Magic is it's very much, how oh, this is the, th- the thing that I really, really had a struggle, like had to struggle getting, oh, yeah. really struggled getting my head around. Mm. Um, in the sense where it's like, your personality is not fixed. It should be fluid. You shouldn't have a personality. You should be able to adopt any view at any time. Mm. Um, and as someone who, I, I almost rigidly define myself by what I am and what I'm not. Mm-hmm. But that's, yeah, it's very much against chaos um, magic. Yeah, right? it is. You're, you're meant to be able to um, do anything at any point at any time. But, but then but I also had problems with that, see, because I have, like yeah, hard morals on yeah, things. I mean, I and, and you say, don't like, have to be like. I mean, I am vegan, so I believe that we shouldn't be murdering animals. Um, like, uh, listen to half of our listeners now drop off immediately. <laughs> but no, I'm not like, going to be one of those yeah, vegans. <laughs> but yeah, but that's that is a rigid thing in my personality. Yeah. But also by the same token, like I don't think um, you know, like sexual assault is cool. You know, like as nice understanding people of society we shouldn't be able to think that is cool that's what that I is was a big part of our personality in you know? sense, like like I, yeah adopt different views but ethically i really believe what is right and is right like i believe you know treat other people how you want to be uh, not even treat you know be empathetic and understanding of people and don't hate people yeah don't be like, a dick i'm not going to I, there's no way i'll ever be able to change my views enough where i'm like it's fine for men to like, it's fine to be racist. And I was like, but then I, I try to understand it as it's not saying you shouldn't have fixed views, only take on, but if you, if taking on a different set of principles and views would work for you to achieve your will, mm. that's when you should be doing it. Like you shouldn't necessarily be like, I'm going to decondition myself to the point where I think it's a right to kick a puppy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and also because hopefully, your morals would be strong enough that it wouldn't be like kicking a puppy will help me achieve exactly. my goal because it shouldn't really. Why should, would that be a thing? <laughs> like, I'm going to decondition myself to like, if I go to a sports bar, I find sports bars very uncomfy because I'm fucking overweight and look homeless and have like metal t-shirts. But I should be able to decondition myself to the point where I could be like, I'm watching football and I'm not like, 
why am I watching a bunch of overpaid assholes running after a ball? Uh, it would be like, oh, this sport's a work of fucking art. I can see the beauty in it. Mm. Um, and that would help me because then I could fit in at a sports bar. Another point that I had, because I was trying to explain chaos magic to one of my friends, because I said, I'm doing this podcast. Our first episode is going to be out, chaos magic. And, um, and I was trying to sort of explain it to her. And it's really hard to sum it up in like a few words slash sentences of what actually chaos magic is. And I did um, mention the sort of deconditioning aspect and how you're able to take on personalities of somebody else um, when you need it, when you call upon someone else. And these um, different, um, you know, people can be real life people. They can be gods. They can be fictional characters it can be anyone that you um perceive to have something that you require in order to sort of gain their skills or their personality traits and become them i have a good example about this Mm -hmm. when grant morrison was writing batman he decided he wanted to be more like batman so he could get into the character's head a bit better so he was trying to either invoke or evoke because they're different things invoke batman so he'd get up at six in the morning and go for a two-mile run every day and then, like, in the evenings, he'd go sit in his cave and sit in his bedroom. And, like, I was going to wait, wait, he has a cave? <laughs> sit in his bedroom and then, like, think about all the things he was sad about. Like, Batman does busy broods in his cave. And, like, huh. think about all the things he missed and he'd lost. And he'd um, try and be more forceful with people and be more, like, um, uh, what's the word? Decision-making. Be more... Decisive? Decisive. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and um, he was like, and I towards the end, I felt like I was a bit more like a superhero, but I was getting really depressed. Oh, because, because Batman's, Batman's depressed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah, you do take on that personality of that person. Yeah. Um, and just to finish, um, a quick aside, I said this to this um to my friend um while we were having sushi, and she said, when I whenever I have a job interview, I pretend to be one of our um, mutual friends. And uh, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess you're kind of doing chaos magic because you are sort of becoming that person. You are taking on that aspect, the aspects of them that you want to take on in order to be a more confident, more persuasive version of yourself. Which I think is like, it was so interesting because it, it kind of shows that people who don't even know what chaos magic is, are, is doing it. You know, Which they're doing it. <laughs> back to the whole, is it a psychological thing uh, that we all sort of do, but this maps out more successful ways of achieving that. Or is it you're doing actual magic, which is um, invoking the spirit of Batman into you? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, is, is he a, an actual tangible spirit that is coming to you and investing your body? Investing? Investing is not a good word. I shouldn't be using that. No. <laughs> a good he is a billionaire, though. And investing <laughs> No, I said invest, not invest. Oh, right. <laughs> invest, invest would be a better word. <laughs> anyway, Batman comes down and... Um, Although, bats do infest places. That's true. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Quick aside. <laughs> anyway, yes, um, it's interesting that that is a thing. I, I, I've also seen people use like sort of gods, like Greek gods, and they will become, say, like Aphrodite. And uh, I think that's a really interesting way of doing it. But I am not really a history buff or a mythology buff. So I don't really, the, the only person I could really see, uh, you know, the only particular type of person that I could see about invoking personally myself would be pop culture icons. Which I know is a subject that kind of stirs up controversy in the magical um, realm because of realm the the magical society community. community that's the best word yes the magical community um, because um, 
there has been this idea of like, oh, they should be gods. They should be um, beings that we know a lot about, very like ancient beings um, and thinking about um, channeling uh, pop culture icons isn't, um, you know, isn't real magic. But I think the whole point of chaos magic is that it is real magic. You can take whatever type of magic you want. It's all real. Like Phil Hines says, like more people think of Spock as a logical cold computing person than they do of some Greek god. And if, like, spirits and entities are charged by belief, more people believe in Spock than they do fucking some obscure Greek god. Mm. Um, so, I, that's the thing. That's the bit of chaos magic I really like, is it works for you, it doesn't, it's not held by traditions, um, and if this stuff works, then it works, and if it doesn't, then do something else. Um, yeah. So, like, if you want to, so for me, like, if I wanted to invoke, um, God, why can't I think of anything interesting? Um, if I wanted to... In- Someone from Bloodborne? No, because they don't speak. Oh. Um, if I wanted to invoke uh, Galactus mm. and to make myself really hungry, because uh, he's planets and he gets really hungry, then why not like do it? You know, if it doesn't work, then just move on to the next thing. And if it does, then awesome. That's it, write about it, see what works, see what doesn't, yeah. check out what doesn't, carry on with what does. Yeah. And you can do that in any way you want. Like, the, like with, with the gods, you're like, oh, you have to do the specific stuff that ties to this god and god. But with um, invoking, like, Galactus, I could be like, I'm going to stare at the skies for ages, I'm going to wear loads of pink, because he wears pink armour, and I'm going to imagine myself that every pizza I eat is eating a world. <laughs> invoking. That's really, that's pretty cool, actually. I, I never... I didn't channel any pop culture icons, um, mainly because I like flawed characters. So by like obviously invoking one of them, you invoke their flaws as well because you want to sort of become them. I know the idea is to sort of like bring their positive traits that you want to serve you forward. But by that very token, I feel that you also need to include the bad with the but good. But they say that. They say like, oh, if you do this, then you might end up being like, like get OCD like Batman does or something. Right. Like, and then you have to do a banishing thing. Oh, yes. Which I got confused about. The banishing ritual, yes. Yeah, yeah um, now I find that a little bit confusing. Wow. What is the banishing ritual? Really? I, because they get... So I just want to say one point quickly about, like, not doing chaos magic because I've not done anything official, but I've been watching a lot of Spanos recently, and there's one person, I'm a team leader at my job, and there's someone who I cannot get to do any work. So I've been watching a lot of Spanos, and then I was like, Tony Soprano is really makes his people work for him. Although, you know, he's a complete sociopath. Sopranos is good, by the way. You should watch it. Anyway, so I was like, I'm going to try and be like more like, I'm going to channel Tony Soprano to try and get this person to do some fucking work. So like when I was in the shop, I started breathing heavily and imagining I was super big and aggressive and like super angry all the time. And then I was like, oh, I need to have to sit down. My heart hurts. <laughs> but people did, customers did speak to me less. So I can't <laughs> success. Was that because you were in pain? Or because you looked intimidating. Either way, I achieved <laughs> magic because I... Um, Did the person work more? No. Ah. Oh. I, I didn't really speak to them much because I had to go sit down. <laughs> and ruined my shift because I was in a super bad mood all shift. Oh, no. But I don't know. It worked. I felt more like Tony Soprano. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I need to do something of my own experiments. There was another book 
that I wanted to read by um, the same person who did Walking with Magical Entities, uh, Taylor Elwood. Um, he also did a book on pop culture and how to channel the pop culture icons. And I really wanted to do that. I know that he made a Harry Potter um, servitor. Um, I should probably explain what a servitor is. Um, do you want to explain what a servitor is? No, because that was something I couldn't quite grasp. Okay, well, I made one. So that's actually one of the things that I did in my like experiment to, to, to try and make one. Um, but basically, the idea of a servitor is with spirits, you can call upon spirits, you can call upon pop icons, you can put, call upon anything that already exists. With a servitor, you are creating something. So you are giving it a idea of what you want from it. Um, and then you are also... Uh, telling it what it can feed off of. So I will say, I want you to do this and I am going to fuel you by doing this. So normally it's whenever you give the servitor attention, whenever you light a candle, whenever you um, make an offering, that gives the servitor energy and the energy transpires into your will. So it's kind of like a, a symbiotic relationship, as in you feed the entity, the entity helps you with your goals. And um, there's, it's really interesting because um, the, the Taylor Elwood um, sort of uh, way he does things, the method, is that he doesn't break his servitors down. Whereas I've seen in a lot of other um, areas of chaos magic is they will um, cleanse and, and destroy their servitors after three months or, you know, whenever they've sort of reached their goal. However, um, this doesn't sit right with me because I was kind of like, what's the point in creating this like magical spirit that's kind of like your friend and then killing it after like three months? I, I thought that was kind of mean. Oddly enough, chatting to someone on Reddit about this. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I couldn't quite grasp what servitors were and how they work, so I was posting it on Reddit and someone said, oh, yeah, it's if you take all of this stuff as literal and you're creating this thing, it's awful to destroy it after three months because you're creating life and then breaking it apart. That's what I thought. Uh, so he's like, whenever I create a servitor, I'm just like, yeah, go off. I put you out into the universe to do you... Um, do your stuff elsewhere. Yeah. Help somebody else. I think that's really cool. I actually think this should be one of the episodes, the mini episodes that we do because I, you know, went into this quite a lot in yeah. depth. So... Do you mind if we make this one of the Absolutely not. That sounds good to me. Excellent. We'll do a mini. We'll do a mini sode on servitors after this. Yes. Um, but yes, we, we will talk about other aspects of chaos magic for the time for, for this episode. So, if you were to rate chaos magic on a scale of one to ten on how much you believe in it, where would you put that? I can't rate it on a scale of one to ten. Because I would say I believe in it more as uh, this is actually something that can um, affect your brain and um, and maybe not even chaos magic, but chaos magic is just a tool to interpret magic. But as I'm standing with all magic, um, that you can create real change in your brain, which can then change how you view the world to the point, like I did when I was in uni, have a weird like hallucinations. Um, I really believe in that aspect of it. Do I believe that, yeah, um... Of whether it... I mean, that's the thing. You don't have to believe on it in a certain way. Yeah. You don't have to believe, like, is it real, quote-unquote? Because it, you know, obviously, you know, what is tangible, what is real? If it's real in your mind, yeah. then isn't that real? I believe if you keep try practicing this and really try and do the stuff, it could have real effects on you and in your life. Um, I'm on the fence about whether I believe in a spiritual world or whatever, but I'm not, 
I'm not completely saying no. I probably don't, but I'm going to keep practicing it and I'm going to try and like read more about magic and read more about chaos magic specifically and read more about rituals and try and practice some. And um, I'm not saying no to the outside spiritually stuff, but I do really believe that the better you get at this, the more you can create positive change in your mental aspect. Uh, so I can't put that on a scale. Mm. Um, there's, there's too many like clarifications and stuff. Um, like I can't say it is a good Stephen King book because <laughs> I love it, even though I think it's terrible, but it's amazing. Um, you know, lots of clarifications that I can't rate it as such. I guess it's really difficult to like rate these things on whether you believe them or not, because yeah, you're right. There are so many different, um, yeah, like ideas, like conflicting and you need to kind of work through in order to know if it's real or not. Exactly. And I, I need to start trying to like do some magic and I need to start trying to like practice meditation and getting into a Gnostic state and then doing rituals and stuff. Um, so without further knowledge, I can't really say, I can say I wasn't so put off by anything that I think this is fucking ridiculous. Why am I wasting my time with it? I think there's enough there that I'm going to, um, because my life's shit. And if this is a way to try and change your life, you know, it's worth, I, I still think it's worth giving a go. So I would say coming out of it, I believe in it enough to keep trying with it. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And look into more magic, like look into more traditional magic and like yeah. learn more about it so I can pick what isn't true and what I can permit. I, I think that sounds good. Yeah. I, I'm, I almost feel like my my thoughts completely mirror yours. Like, I don't know whether... I haven't had that experience yet to sort of prove to myself that it is a tangible thing. You know, like that that there are spirits, that there are servitors, that there are things that I can talk to on another plane of existence. Um, however, I do think it affects the mind. I do think if you make a sigil to make yourself more confident and you feel more confident... Isn't that magic? Like, I just feel like if you will something to happen and that thing happens, whether you, uh, you know, what means you go about, go about doing it and it happens, you get results from it. That to me says that magic is real and it works. The thing I find interesting about sigils and another thing that really makes me believe in chaos magic is sigils are everywhere. You see that McDonald's logo, you know what that entails. You see that Starbucks logo, you know what that entails. Mm. Like, all businesses use sigils as a way to bypass the, like, mind and go into the subconscious because, like, a McDonald's sigil, if you want to call it that, makes you fucking hungry if you're, like, addicted <laughs> to junk food like I am. It, yeah, no, you're, um, you're, very, you're very true. Well, like, that Amazon um, sigil, like, that makes you be like, yeah, I need to buy a purse or something if you're one, or <laughs> one purses. That's true. I, I don't know why I thought of purse. But, like, the Amazon sigil makes you want to shop, is what I'm saying. Do you want a purse, Ralph? I do wish men could, like, have purses. You can have a purse. Um, no one's saying no to that. Because you have to carry a purse. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, and, um, yeah, that, I don't know. That's kind of a little aside I thought of. Like, everything uses it. All big businesses use sigils. They don't call them that, but there's intent. And there's will behind them. There's the will for you to come in here and have our goods. And they get stuck in your head and they influence you. That is very true. I didn't even think of that. And yeah, you're totally right. Whenever, you know, these, these, um, the, the logos that you see, the sigils, if you want to call them that, are not conscious. You just see them in your day to day life as you're walking past shops, but they mean something and they get into your brain. Yeah. So, and they influence you, which is what a sigil should. And is that not so, magic? Exactly. And is that mm. not sigils working? Uh, so, to sum up, I kind of believe in it. Yeah. I, um, I, I, also do believe in it. I believe from my perspective right now that it's more of a 
your mind. It's more affecting your mind. And if you will something, if you um, if you make action in order to um, to get to where you want, uh, and you that action is inspired action from the magic, then I feel that that is the magic working. And um, I you know I maybe don't necessarily believe in like the sort of supernatural aspect of it as of yet just because I haven't experienced that. But that's the thing, like, it's probably something else I wanted to touch on in one of these episodes, and I'm not sure where it fits. But that experience over learning thing is 100% true. Like, I know people who are completely, like, do not believe in anything supernatural. It's like everything is like, by the books, logical, logical, logical. Yet they have had a ghost experience. And they will tell you that ghost story. And they will 100% believe in it. And I 100% believe in them, because it's like, who am I to tell them that they're story isn't true especially when i know that there's someone so grounded in logic but they have had a supernatural ghost experience yeah i know people like that it's what kind of makes me believe in ghosts and, and that's it it's, it's experience over knowledge over learning yeah. it's like by experience something you will believe in it and i really really hope in this podcast in um you know all the research that we're going to be doing into different subjects i really hope i experience something like that i really want to me too um so signing off um this has been an episode of chaos magic and journey into the strange i think we journeyed into the strange a fair amount today <laughs> it has felt like that definitely what's our next episode going to be on and i think this leads us to a discussion point because i think we should do something witchy i agree i was going to say i can pick um, because I picked this episode, it's probably your time to pick an episode. Oh, should I look at the list? And um, yeah, pick something you think would be a good episode to carry on from, and we will do it. I think, is witchcraft too broad an umbrella? Witchcraft is too broad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe tarot cards. Yeah, sounds good to me, because that came up a lot in, um, like, as a system you can use for things in Chaos Magic, so that leads on. And I'm super interested in learning in that. Awesome. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm excited to learn about tarot cards. I know a lot of my friends who have had tarot card readings and, and uh, want to do it again and totally believe in it. So, I know yeah. a good few people who like, are like that. And I don't know anything about it. Or I, I just I know some, you know, people pick up tarot cards and I'm like, oh, that looks really pretty. There's some really nice artwork on that. And that is literally all I know about it. So I'm really excited to learn all about different tarot cards and what their meanings are and um, how to do a tarot reading. Maybe we should do that next episode. We should... We should do a tarot reading on each other. Absolutely agreed. I'd be very excited to do that. There's a One Piece villain who used tarot cards, so I'm in there. <laughs> involved. Uh, yeah, no, that will be our next episode. I'm really excited to learn about that. Me too. Awesome. Well, this has been Ralph talking about chaos magic. This has been Kaz talking about chaos magic. And this has been Journey into the Strange. See you next time. Bye. Bye.